hello. Welcome. Welcome back on the island. We're all love and sunshine and sprinkles and rainbows here in week number five of Survivor Edge of Extinction. This is the podcast where we talk about Survivor, talk to survivors, and talk to survivors about Survivor. Unfortunately, for the hundreds of you who listened last week, I have to tell you there is no Survivor joining us this week. It's classic me and... Oh, wait. Hold on, Ty. I see people dropping off. The, oh, I, boy. People are closing the app. Wait a second. Stay. Stay. It's me. I'm going to be on Survivor one day. I swear. I don't know. I'm Taylor Gaines. And with me, as always, whether we have a visitor or not, his glasses may be big, and maybe you didn't even see his eyes were open. It's Tyler B. Commons. I'm here. I'm just kind of like the buffer vote of this podcast, you know? Like, should I be there? Should I not be there? Who knows? We it's it's we could safely get rid of Ty and things would carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I think this <laughs> podcast would be hard to do without you. Cause then I'd have to go to the effort of getting a guest every single week. That's just a lot of work, Ty. It's a lot of emails. <laughs> yeah, thank you to everyone who listened to our episode with Davey last week. It was really fun, worthwhile conversation. And I even recommend going back to listen to it now because he has some timely things to say, some fun insights into the show, obviously, from his time on David versus Goliath and his time as an Instagram superstar. So go check out our podcast with Davey. I actually had someone say to me this week, Ty, hey, I tried to listen to your podcast uh, with that Survivor guy. And I was like, oh, do you watch Survivor? And they said, no, it was very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they try to watch or not watch us? Why did they try to listen to us? Because it was cool, people? Ty. Because we had a friend of Sia on the pod. <laughs> a friend and of Sia. Now Swipe up available. The new, <laughs> the new name of our podcast is On the Island, subtitle, Friends with Sia. <laughs> We'll see. Maybe she'll come on. How crazy would that be? <laughs> I think that would be the end of our podcast. I'll, I'll promise that right now. If Sia comes on our podcast, it's over. <laughs> Wait, why is it over? Because where, where do you go from there? Jeff. Every week, Jeff is our guest. <laughs> yeah, that would he be can, thrilling. He can tell us a lot of nothing. <laughs> oh, God. God, help me. He makes me want to jump off a chandelier. Am I right? Is that my shoehorn Sia reference? <laughs> it makes me want to... I'm not going to make a titanium reference. That feels too violent. <laughs> Ty, we're here to yeah. talk about week five, a double episode of Survivor. In fact, tied for the lowest rated Survivor episode in history. Yeah, what the heck? I saw that and I was thinking, there's no way because it was, it was a decent episode. Survivor averaged a 1.3 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic for its two-hour episode, matching a series low that was set twice during the David vs. Goliath season. Despite that, it led the night in primetime on all of TV, so I don't know if that says anything about Survivor or TV or probably both, but not a lot of people caught this episode, Ty. Yeah, I'm gonna... And this could be a completely nonsense thing but at least for me and i'm guessing um millions of others around the country it's uh, spring break so people are off like doing things not sitting at home spring watching survivor break. like us spring break ty maybe or perhaps the season just hadn't been good so far maybe things turned around how did you feel about this little double episode action um i i um, really, um well, um oh you're asking me okay well i guess i'll weigh in <laughs> oh uh, well uh i am single yeah <laughs> i uh i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun i i liked the double episode i liked the tribal twist in the second part of the episode julia we got to hear from her this week oh, which julia. was awesome it's funny the um, show opened with julia volunteering to sit out the reward challenge and i was like god let julia live <laughs> I know. As soon as that happened, like that's the first note I have of all of my notes. I was like, "Oh gosh, not again." <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, her and Joe have like a real heart to heart conversation and like Joe gets emotional and th- you learn a lot of stuff and the newbies are here to play and it it was it was good top to bottom. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we talked a lot about Julia last week with Davey obviously and the lack of representation she's been getting on the show for herself and for African Americans generally and I thought it was a bit cheap i don't know how far in advance these episodes are put into the bank so to speak but to all of a sudden turn around and have joe be like listen i mean you're obviously one of the biggest threats out here you're uh, a med student you are strong you're dominant and everybody loves you and i was like whoa 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 whoa, slow down like (laughs) you can't just like fill in all this information and be like we told you she's a threat yeah well so this is kind of the counterpoint just you know last week we had Davy on and I was thinking about it Davy really didn't get a whole lot of mention now obviously I think he had confessionals and we knew at least who he was and like Julia but he didn't become really a player until week six if I'm remembering correctly like he I'm sure he was out there and you know being friends with Nick and doing all that kind of stuff but as far as like becoming a character that every that America fell in love with and loved. Like, I think he had a pretty weak edit early and came on later. Cause I think Christian carried the early part of that season. So yeah, you know, Julia, there's still a lot of potential for her to, uh, for your winner pick to be a winner. Still a lot of time. I, I also felt like she couldn't escape the biggest curse of this season, which is in her confessional. She was just talking about Joe the whole time. And, That's like, we've talked about this at length already, but Mm -hmm. the returners are dominating the conversation and the strategy so much that the newbies are hardly getting to do anything on their own, which is why it was kind of refreshing to see them just make a move. Yeah, we got to see a lot of um, like the newbies step up. We got to see Julie's game a little bit. We got to see Victoria's game a little bit. We got to see war dogs game a lot but we've yeah, seen we've him seen a lot the last of war few dogs weeks. Game. um and we got to actually have kind of a fun edit on extinction islander <laughs> the so, edge of extinction let's talk about that first episode first i want to get into this move the newbies made to take out aubrey a longtime favorite of this podcast your future but wife i think it's fair because this episode was so long to try to go through everything that happened and we'll get to extinction a little later but on the main beaches we opened with the reward challenge for peanut butter and jelly which i I really wish i had asked davy last week by the way like when they set up these food challenges does the food just sit there for the entire challenge out in the sun and then they're like, all right, now you can have it. Like, it seems so gross. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all probably had, like, one of those soggy PB&Js. Like, you go on a picnic and, like, you make it and then you pull it out of the sandwich and the bread is, like, totally warm and the jelly is, like, mushed through it and there's a fly that's just been sitting there doing its little, like, vomit thing for hours and you're just like, this isn't that good. Also, let's be honest, like, We had two reward challenges on one of the longest-running shows on TV, a show that hasn't moved its production in years, so surely they have some (laughs) money to spare. And I've seen the Ponderosa videos. The players can order whatever they want to eat, and it just seems like a veritable feast. And yet, at these reward challenges, we had peanut butter and jelly in the first one and coffee and pastries in the second one. What are we doing, guys? Maybe they just want the millennials to feel at home. Maybe they want people to say, oh, what do you spend $27 on each week? Iced coffee? Yeah, we'll give you some of that. Oh, you also get a $6 pastry to go with it? Sounds good. We'll satisfy everything you want. So, I mean, personally, I think it's a pretty lame reward because I don't uh, drink coffee or whatever. But, you know, whatever makes the people happy, make them happy. Enough about the rewards. Jolton Joe continued his dominance. Losing Lesu continued their streak at the opener. And then we got to see the montage or the 
confessional we just mentioned followed by a montage of Ron explaining that the tribe might be hopeless without Joe because he does so much for them. And they had this great edit of just players hopelessly like throwing nets at nothing or missing at fish or just falling out of trees and stuff. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. They they had that whole edit and then that like basically was used again to describe War Dog, which I thought was hilarious. So they uh, they kept that kind of thread through this whole double block of episodes. Yeah, and then the chicken wars continued over on Manu, which I'm sure we can talk plenty about as we have. But Victoria, Eric, and Gavin started planning a little, plotting a little plan to get out Aubrey, and Aubrey was eating it up from Victoria. Good moves by Victoria Bahamande. She shepherded Aubrey right into her pen and then slaughtered her. Yeah, I like the way she set up an all-girls alliance. I I think those get brought up a lot, but they never actually happen. And again, it got brought up and it didn't actually happen, but she sold it to Aubrey. And I just loved finally getting to see gameplay from like not a returner and not war dog it, it was nice to see <laughs> well yeah so more on that game more on that briefly but because you mentioned war dog we should mention at lesu in the first hour we got to see some of the futility they're experiencing at camp which featured david saying hey let's go fishing and war dog saying homie i've never fished in my life and i'm tired so nah and i i i, I gotta say there was a interesting thread in this episode of War Dog being like, we need people to step it up in challenges. David sucks. And then watching him be terrible at everything also. And yeah. we can talk more about that in the second hour when we got to see him try to throw something for the first time in his life. But oh, good not a good Lord. look. No. Rough episode for him. Anyway, and at that point, he also mentions potentially taking out Lauren. More on that later. But in this first hour, as we've alluded to, the main attraction was Manu going to Tribal Council and Aubrey finally getting to find out where everyone stood. Bad news, <laughs> not on her side. I will say immunity was interesting given how terrible Lesu was and still managing to pull it out. I, I had actually written in my notes like, is this where I get to use went worthless? Last place Lesu... Good luck blaming David this time, assholes. Is this challenge <laughs> broken? And then all of a sudden they came back and, and pulled it out. It was pretty wild. Yeah, I I actually loved that moment. Um, and I was reading some interview with Jeff, and he's like, this is why you love Survivor, because even when you're down, you see hope, like spurs people on. But it, it was actually like really entertaining to see them fall behind. And even me, when I was watching it, they had to like pull a metal machete out of rings or something it didn't quite make sense and i was like well that makes sense it's like metal and it's under salt water like maybe theirs is legitimately just harder than everybody else's like i was making excuses in my mind for how far behind they fell and even once they caught up kama was trying to help manu solve that weird pyramid puzzle and they still couldn't do it so it was an enjoyable moment even though i'm not sure that i I'm even brooding for Lesu particularly. It was just kind of a fun comeback to watch. And I got to learn what the word pontoon meant also. So all around good stuff. Yeah, I always thought pontoons are those like big boats where they have the two little silver, what I thought were pontoons, like (laughs) running on the sides and then the boat doesn't actually touch the water. Just these like floaty buoy parts i don't know i guess i always imagined pontoon was like the third member of timon and pumbaa's crew was just (laughs) this animal that kind of like hangs from trees and like throws bananas at you (laughs) but not a monkey a pontoon (laughs) not a monkey (laughs) okay definitely not a monkey a pontoon (laughs) all right i'll let you i don't know ty manu let's talk about it They've been editing Aubrey all season to seem overly aggressive and 
somewhat overly confident being a returner. And she was given not much rope to work with due to the fact that even if she was right about who was potentially working with her, she was still relying on Victoria and Wendy, who I don't even know when to go on a rant about this in this particular episode, but (laughs) God, does she suck? Like, Aubrey comes up and is like, let's do this. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, what, what, is she, what is she out there for, honestly? Yeah, her indecision was so shocking because she held her freaking guns with those chickens. But then Aubrey's like, hey, I'm here with Victoria. What do you think of, like, an all-girls alliance? And she just, like, stares at him blankly. She's like, um... She can't even. I'm gonna gonna have to think about that. Yeah, like maybe she doesn't want to stab people in the back. She talks about separating her personal feelings from the game is like really tough. So I don't think she. I think she's genuinely like a nice person, and she has problems like cutting people's throats or cutting chickens' throats. She just doesn't want to like hurt anyone out there and she it stinks because she's like so genuinely sweet and so genuinely kind that she makes her terrible at the game we'll (laughs) talk more about her later but i want to know what you thought of this move because in practice it was pretty simple it was just victoria eric and gavin decided let's vote out Aubrey and then they made it happen because there's only five people in that tribe obviously the complicated factors being how did Aubrey not sniff this out in any way she had an idol she had an extra vote that Devons gave to her from edge of extinction which we can talk more about in a bit but it was hard to watch what did you think did did you see that coming as the episode was playing out or did you think it might go a different direction I was hoping for the all girls alliance, but it is really shocking that Aubrey, who has played really well in her previous two seasons, got blindsided so heavily. Like seeing that she had no clue what was going on and apparently no understanding and not really even an alliance because it was everybody against her. And her being so clueless to that fact, I think, was very telling. And not so much of Aubrey as a player, but of, like, having returners on a season where you shouldn't have returners. It it makes it difficult to have a target on your back, like, for no reason. I feel like that's the only reason, and that's why she couldn't sniff it out. It wasn't because they don't like her. It wasn't because they don't... They have a problem with the way she plays. It wasn't because she bullies people or whatever i mean she feeds people the same line of like well you play like me so i think we can work together but if she's a new person no one has conversations about like oh what did aubrey the returner say to you it's she's just kind of victim to being put in almost a no-win situation yeah that's a good point because there really was no strategic reason that they decided to take her out outside of she's a returner let's get rid of her and uh, that was a little strange to see but i just she had the wool so fully pulled over her eyes by the shepherd herself that i was kind of shocked by it it was really savvy gameplay by victoria i thought Mm -hmm. and that was that was fun to see because like we've been saying, we've only gotten to see people as they relate to the new people. And even though that's what Victoria did this week, we also got to see that she is a major strategist and she does want to make things happen. So even though it was, yes, all still surrounding Aubrey, I'm excited to see her moving forward when she chooses who she's going to cut and who she's going to stick with in the long term. The other aspect of this that we should talk about, by the way, her idol and her advantage are gone no matter what, which was confirmed by probes this morning. But 
Did you feel like knowing that she was going to be able to pick up a torch and go straight to Extinction Island lessened the excitement or the impact of a blind side like this? I mean, this is kind of the debate we've had all season. Does it suck that they're not really out? In some sense, yes, but I think we can't we can't talk about it and not talk about what happened on Extinction Island this week, which was like stuff. They got clues to things. Devin's figured out like a cryptic map, then sent a double vote to Aubrey. Now she didn't use it because she was so blindsided, but like they're finally starting to use Extinction Island and it doesn't feel terrible to me i know you're not a fan and i i was reading um dalton ross's kind of piece on entertainment weekly and he was saying the problem that he has with this concept can be summarized and illustrated in what just happened to aubrey did you hear aubrey bracco was blindsided she totally thought she was good to go in this um and that she and her tribe were going to vote out the obvious outsider in big windy but no, they voted Aubrey out instead. Not only that, she had an idol and an advantage in her pocket. Now all three are gone. What an incredible moment. It was so incredible. Only guess what? Aubrey's not gone. The Aubrey vote off should have been earth shattering, but it's not. So it's like... Well, this is my question. I'm. St- <laughs> this is what I've been saying the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, you can ask me a question. Let me finish this one thought real quick. No, I, this is the question I asked you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm buying into the excitement of this season in a way for some reason I haven't done in a lot of recent seasons. So when she was blindsided, I was like, oh crap, no way. This is incredible. Like how do these people pull the wool over like the great Aubrey's eyes? Like it was, it was just insane to see that happen. And I totally bought into it. And then now things are happening at extinction. I really don't think I can answer it until next week because we have a teaser that extinction island is going to become part of the game again and for now i do i feel like they're voted off there's like not all of them can come back there's no way that's possible so i don't really know exactly how things are gonna shake up but for me it's not been as big a problem as i feel like it has been for you or other you know column writers i I don't know if that's just because i'm buying into it or because i want it to be fun but for me this season is edited and shown in a way that it's been exciting enough i don't care that some people (coughs) i'm dying only coughs can stop him i don't care that some people have a shot at coming back i would be excited to see aubrey come back i would be excited to see chris come back because he was in my top three I could care less if Reem came back. I could care less if Devin's came back. Like, that's just where I sit. So, long story short, no. Good I'm Lord. not bothered by it. Stop the timer. Someone timed <laughs> that. That was, like, just epic tie monologue. I think the question I asked you was, <laughs> did it lessen the impact? And you got around to it eventually. But no. Yeah, I think... For me, No. <laughs> For me, I'm probably closer to Dalton Ross that I kind of felt like it was less interesting to see a blindside happen knowing that she wasn't gone. But I get that not everyone's going to be able to come back either, obviously. And maybe it's just the mystery of it doesn't help because I don't know what it is yet. And I think we're going to start getting a look at that next week. And we got some hints now in this episode as to what's happening but yeah I, I just felt like it was it it just makes every vote out a little less interesting to me and we've talked before too like no one's gonna say no like if if wendy's not gonna go home then no one's gonna go home so <laughs> i don't expect it to stop I, I do wonder if it cuts off after a certain point we'll we'll have to see i, I believe i remember in the preseason that they said everyone who starts the game could potentially be on the jury, but maybe I'm misremembering. So we'll, we'll stay tuned, but let's talk about it because a lot happened there this week, as you alluded to, they 
welcomed Devons in the beginning of the episode, got the map that he figured out when you folded it. It turned into a pretty clear guide to where this clue was, which I guess was just a bunch of sticks and it said practice. Mm-hmm. And I quite enjoyed Keith trying to sneak off and Chris knocking <laughs> him over. And Keith continuing his season-long streak of saying nonsensical things where when he got voted out, he said, good luck winning challenges without me. <laughs> and then this episode, Chris knocked him over after he promised everyone he wouldn't go look for the thing without them, then ran off to go do it. Then they caught him despite his huge head start and knowing exactly where to go on the map. <laughs> and Chris knocked him off and Keith was like, not cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel a little bit bad for Keith. I feel like the game is like something he's watching and like striving for, but he's just not in a position to play the game well right now. I just was so entertained by that entire sequence. Like I felt like I was watching National Treasure and then Devin solved it and then <laughs> Keith went rogue and then it was like a chase scene in a movie where they were all going after him and then he started giving like a monologue to himself that was really inspiring and then he got knocked over he's like it's not for her it's not for him it's not for him it's for my family and i just like loved it uh and then rick found the advantage that he gifted to aubrey and obviously the interesting wrinkle at this point too is that no one in the game knows that extinction island exists yeah and i just found it very cinematic and interesting even though i don't know if it makes any sense as a part of survivor i just actually really enjoyed it and in the second half of the episode aubrey arrives and she's like yo this place is a mess what's going on here another map comes and this time they wind up finding the clue basically without the assistance of the map reem points out this thing in the water oh, keith gosh. goes and takes it and then she's like why did he take it and then everybody's like well why'd you point it out to him and then she just goes off and starts reaming people which was just really enjoyable so i, I don't even know what she was mad about after a certain point but was yelling at Chris about talking too much, who Chris, frankly, doesn't seem like a very talkative guy. No. And just on and on. And it actually made me think, watching how poorly Keith and Reem managed to handle something as meaningless as Extinction Island <laughs> made me think that maybe everybody got this right and these two should have just been off the show by now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Reem going ballistic on Chris was hilarious because all he was like, you let him pick up the box? And she's like, I did not let him pick up the box. He walked by and he picked up the box. So you shut the F up and then just effing keep your mouth shut. And I'm pissed at everybody. And I'm just, I'm definitely not a mom and I'm not upset. And uh, (laughs) F you. And I was like, dude, Reem cool it like why did you point out the box let it just walk over and pick it up <laughs> i don't know why you're so upset at him pointing out something that you obviously oh my gosh <coughs> pointing out something that you Good obviously Lord, Ty. did i don't have time to edit all this fix yourself <laughs> i'm convinced that i have like allergies but i've never had allergies in florida where i was grow grew up at where i was grown oh god this where is a I came forth. This episode's a nightmare. <laughs> the podcast might get canceled before Sia ever shows up. I don't really up. know. <laughs> yeah, so it's it was at the very least entertaining, and I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again. I don't know what show Extinction Island is, but I'm enjoying it. So I guess we'll find out more next week when uh, it's time for some payback, as they say in the preview. And we'll potentially have a chance for someone to return. Did they tease the merge as well? They did, yeah. Merge is happening next week. A lot of stuff. I think Jeff goes, drop your buffs, and then he's like, come on, guys. And then it's like the Extinction Island people walk in. That is going to be fascinating to watch their reactions to something that they've never done quite like this where... It's just, hey, surprise, everyone's back. I'm interested to see how that plays. But as we moved into the second half of the episode, 
on our journey towards our final Extinction Island member of this portion of this season, we had the second reward, which featured more of Lauren yelling at War Dog. I believe he dropped her in the first challenge and then told her to stop yelling at him in this challenge. And that's when we got to see his beautiful throwing form, Ty. Dude, I've never played baseball in my life or like that's just never been a desire and are you saying that would be you (laughs) no i'm saying there's no way that would be me like i he was throwing it down the targets were up and he was literally throwing it into the ground i don't i don't understand how has he never thrown like a football or a tennis ball or like, like literally anything. It looked like the man had never done a throwing motion in his entire life. And I feel really bad because I'm picking on a veteran, but... Uh, I don't know I, why I they am. switched back to him. I felt like Lauren came in and was doing okay. And then it was like, back to War Dog. I was like, oh. Tough look for feminism on that tribe, by the way. When Kelly was like, we basically have three women because David. So how are we supposed to ever win a challenge? It was just like the obvious implication that women are far weaker at (laughs) any physical challenge. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, come on, Wentworth, you're one of the better women competitors we've ever had. What are you doing? Well, this is my question to you. How do you feel about her challenge performance? Because all she does is kind of stand on the side and complain. She doesn't do puzzles. She doesn't lift or hoist or pull or whatever. Hoist. Like You're like that hockey announcer on NBC. <laughs> Shuffles one. Suckers it. <laughs> Not a hockey podcast. <laughs> she doesn't seem like she's overly strong in challenges, but she is sure willing to point out other people's flaws. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I guess my memory is of her being better in seasons past. She definitely hasn't showed up in this season. It's like... That I mean, I think it's just that that tribe is a mess and they've lost so much and eaten so little that it's just bleeding into their challenge performance pretty significantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they need a change more than anyone. And things took a pretty fascinating turn in this episode. Like... We saw that Lauren was basically breaking down again, talking about crying every day for four days when she never cries. And David again was like, let's go get some food. And they were all like, nah. And he tried to fish for a while. That didn't really work out. I still, it never grows old watching David try to do survivor things and all the seasons he's been on. Cause he's just kind of like, I don't understand how the fish are getting away. Like they were right there and then they weren't. How, how does that happen? Dude, David has the heart of Joe just without the, like, pure, raw strength and agility and, like, manpower. Because David... So he has the heart of Joe, but the body of David? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, because when you see him at his tribe, like, he's the only one that's like, guys, okay, like, this sucks, but we have to believe in ourselves. So I'm going to try and go fishing and War Dog sitting here. He literally said, fishing is counterintuitive. And I was like, bro, if you catch a fish, you're going to you're gonna feel so much better just having mass in your body. But David's like trying to, I don't know, dry people's clothes and fix up camp and go around and like be provider and be positive. And that arguably you could say it's because he's on bottom. So he's trying to do a little bit extra. But Lauren is physically breaking down. Wardog apparently just walks off and crunches numbers in his head for hours at a time, it sounds like. And Kelly just whines about everyone else on her tribe. And I've loved David this season. We loved David the last time he was on. And I love David the way he's been this time. Now, he's not on a tribe that's winning, so it's tough for him to look relevant in any way but he's the only one staying positive on that entire team i can't even imagine what it must be like to just wake up every morning look over and see joe on your tribe because (laughs) the dude is unbeatable and when jeff announced 
that only one tribe was going to be winning immunity in the second hour, it was kind of like, well, <laughs> I think we know what's going to happen here. And then it did. It's just, it, 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 there was a moment where it was like, David might solve this slide puzzle. I remember reading in the preseason that David practiced slide puzzles a lot. Oh, gosh. And it just didn't happen. So, obviously, mm-hmm. the twist to this, and I, I haven't checked the record books. I don't remember this ever happening, definitely in the time we've done this podcast, that both losing tribes would go to tribal together and vote one person out. I actually did kind of fear if Joe's tribe had lost, that would have been a lot less fun because it would have been a tribe of five and a tribe of four, but it worked out 4-4 Manu versus Lesu, and it it was a pretty fascinating dynamic. Sort of how the first appearance of Extinction Island in this episode was very cinematic. It felt very cinematic to cut back and forth between like... I'll go to rocks. Well, let's go to rocks. And then you'd cut to a confessional and be like, I won't go to rocks. And that <laughs> happened on both tribes. And it was just kind of a, it felt like who was going to blink first. It was fascinating. Yeah, they had an old uh, Mexican standoff. But speaking of what you're saying about the editing in this episode, the music in this episode was like incredible. I was actually drawn into listening to that a lot of times. Because like when Joe had his really emotional confessional or when devins was talking or ream like survivor editors kudos to you but yeah i as soon as people were i like, love that move by the way on extinction to like do these extreme close-ups like <laughs> makes it so much more dramatic it's like um the office where everyone like you see the scene and then it cuts to like ream being pissed super close up and she's like i don't <laughs> understand and then but um to what you were saying, I I wouldn't go to Rockjaw. I I don't know if that is giving too much away, but if I have the opportunity to just f- flip and get rid of somebody, especially when there's somebody kind of obvious like a Wendy, or I guess <laughs> okay, I'm hesitating. Uh, well, like, I was uh, trying to. I don't know. <laughs> let's say. Let's say there's like a person who has isolated herself from every tribe she's been on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Wendy, maybe? But there's no, like, that's not going to hurt your game in the long run. And I think exactly. if there was maybe someone on both sides that that could have been a thing. You know, like if everybody was actually on board with getting rid of Lauren because she's sick or getting rid of War Dog because, and this is a quote, he's psycho and likes to crunch numbers all day. Like, if that's a reason, I could see myself getting rid of somebody and then making the argument, dude, I'm not drawing rocks. I'm here to win a million dollars. Okay? You all would have made the same decision. Like, that... I feel like people would say ahead of time, I'm going to criticize the person that flips. But at the end of the day, if you're like... I'm here to win the game. They they need to respect that, and if they don't, but it's get like me on a different poker. Season. They just needed the other tribe to believe that they would. And the one thing I did read from Jeff today that I found somewhat interesting was he said it felt like the lesser group was totally ready to go to rocks, and I'm not so sure that was the case with Eric, Gavin, and Victoria because nobody wants to go to rocks. So if there's someone that we can all agree on, just for one vote then that person's in trouble. My hunch is that Wendy had done enough damage that she was the only person that made sense for the group. And I think that's right. I think Lesu has bonded in such a depressing way that it probably did feel like they weren't going to budge. And I I know that Gavin, for example, said this didn't sway him at all, but I, I thought it was somewhat compelling for David to be like, dog, I've gone to rocks before. Like, I, you can look at my resume. Like, I'll do it. <laughs> And I mean, when it came down to it, I think Manu blinked first, but I also think it was easy. Like I, it didn't, I don't think it was worth going to bat for Wendy particularly. I am fascinated as to how the opposing tribes arrived on those specific people. I think for Lesu, it makes sense. Like Wendy wasn't with them before. It would probably be easy to sway them to that. 
rather than I guess going for the strongest person at when you have a shot. I don't know. Where like why Lauren? I have no idea. That just felt like a shot in the dark. But she's been sick for like four or five days now, and she's but the, not the even other tribes able know to that? eat. I don't know. You don't know what they said. You know, tribal. They every lines are being crossed. Like I loved the scene during. I just tribal was wondering where, why they decided Lauren. It's just weird. I don't know. But like I loved the scene where Eric went over and talked to War Dog and David, and was like, <laughs> "Hey guys," and they're like, "Who are you? I don't even know you." Like I he was like, Wardog "I'll be with you once we merge." <laughs> And they're like, we just met you. Yeah, they're like, I don't we... even know who you are. <laughs> what is your name? How do you spell Lauren? Why <laughs> could no one spell Lauren? Ty, three people spelled Lauren three different ways. How, how do you spell Lauren? Just out of curiosity. L-A-U-R-E-N. Wow, that was easy. I'm surprised you didn't try... L-U-A-R-E-N, or my favorite, L-O-R-I-N-E. Lorene. What are we doing, guys? <laughs> yeah, good they're not Lord. making Americans look good. I'll my say that. God. The U before the A was baffling. Oof. Yeah, so she did get four votes out of the gate. Wendy got four, and then we had that really striking image of everyone whispering to each other and Wendy just sitting on an island by herself. Yeah. That was kind of the moment where I was like, I think I know where this is headed. <laughs> she has done enough. Uh, before we talk about Wendy, I, Wentworth found an idol right before Lesu left for Tribal. Mm-hmm. And then there was this moment we had praised Lauren a few weeks ago for finding the idol and keeping it to herself, but she got caught up in the, like, I guess when you've been, like, drinking too much and you're at a party with your friends and you're like, and I told you I had a crush on this girl. <laughs> and then next thing you know, everybody knows. And you're like, whoops. Because she got so excited and went worth finding the idol. She was like, I have one too. <laughs> and I was like, ah, dang it, Lauren. <laughs> Pulling an old Dan. I don't think it's going to come back to bite her. Because her and Lauren are each other's number one. And I think they can keep a secret. And now they both know they have an idol. They just feel safe. Um, yes, it is generally stupid to tell people people that you have an idol but i like that she waited until kelly had an idol she didn't find her idol what in the second week and then immediately yeah. go hey kelly guess what i have an idol don't use this against me it's like oh now we both like soul sisters or whatever the heck is going on with those two hey soul sisters yeah look I, the thing about this episode though was i felt myself passionately like rooting for wendy to just leave and i know we talked about this last week but i just last season on the yankees there was a guy named sonny gray who was a pitcher that they acquired from oakland the year before and he took a lot of heat he ty you gotta i haven't even said anything about baseball how are you gonna start you just said last year the yankees had a pitcher they acquired from the a's yeah, what but about I didn't that even, is not baseball? Well, look, you... Let me, Keep going. It's fine. He got rocked one day. Mm-hmm. And then as he was walking off the field, he smiled. And because it was New York, everyone was like, does he not even care? And I remember thinking, like, you're allowed to smile if you're frustrated. But you're not allowed to smile if you're actually happy. <laughs> <laughs> take that sense out of context and put it in the bank i just was so annoyed by how little wendy seemed to care about the fact that she was playing survivor that when she got voted out i was like please turn right and she didn't and wow. she also immediately was like ah i can go eat a cheeseburger and take a shower ah, like enough just enough like her punishment is to kill a chicken with her bare hands Dude, but she's living, like, her survivor dream. It might not be our survivor dream. Like, she said in her preseason she wanted to save the chickens. She got She didn't even play, though. She just sat out there and didn't give opinions or thoughts or try, and it just pissed me off. What do you want me to say? Okay, yes, that, that is an issue. But she got Jeff to call her Big Wendy and, like, 
gave him a hug on her way out and even jeff like even jeff cracked a spot like jeff was like as much as jeff is like simultaneously the greatest host ever and like the worst host ever that was one of those moments where you're like oh he genuinely does like big wendy and i think people out there if they weren't stuck playing a game with her they would probably like wendy you know, I I probably would too. Like I just Wendy. feel like just... <laughs> I'm angry that someone got a chance to be on Survivor and so thoroughly blew it. But you don't you don't ever know what's gonna happen. You don't know who's gonna be on there. You don't know what walks of life people are gonna come from. You don't like you have no idea. She could have been on blue collar, white collar, no collar, and been with the no collars and probably had like one heck of a time and enjoyed herself and they would have been like oh wendy she's spunky and quirky i like that chick let's work together and do blah 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 but she was just put in that now you're a weirdo box and you know i i don't feel as upset i liked wendy um apparently i still like wendy because she has a chance to come back like everybody else but that's more annoying to me than wendy's time on the show yeah i mean if i remove myself from it as like a viewer i think it's definitely better to have a wendy than it is to have a j p p j j p j q whatever that guy was because like people like that are literally useless because not only are they not playing they're not making any entertaining television and she gave us some of that so we'll we'll always be thankful. Always. She was fun. She she wasn't a threat for winning. Actually, I'll I'll say this and I'll let the people know how stupid I was. I was watching with a friend today, the first hour. The first Brag. hour. And we were watching it and when Aubrey went home and Wendy stayed, I literally turned to him and I was like, Oh, that's it. Wendy's top three. People are just going to drag her along until... Yikes. Like, whatever. Good thing you didn't get a chance to share that take on the podcast. Yeah, good thing I didn't get to tell anybody. But if they didn't have this crazy vote and they didn't go to tribal, why would you not keep Wendy around as long as possible? Literally no threat of winning. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because you need people... saw her strategy of not wanting to talk bad about people today, that's when she became frustrating as a survivor player because not yeah like the person chickens, not her the, like being crazy. the type of person you're referring to is like this person has no chance of winning but i know how they're gonna vote right yeah. and she had no chance of winning and no one knew how she was gonna vote because she just was kind of a wild card in the most charlie day sense of the word where she just is like wild card i'm a wild card and it just it was kind of crazy to watch her continually fail to like even answer a basic strategic question in tribal council it was just like i I just found it endlessly frustrating i suppose but i don't know she seems nice she's played with us on twitter i like her yeah she's a fun person r.i.p Taylor's future for wife now and big win. Oh, Aubrey. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I'm glad. I'm just glad you didn't get to share your final three prediction on the podcast. We had, the two hour episode saved you this time. That way you didn't have to have a take like saying brave gets 10 out of 10 on animation score. Like you <laughs> did on our natural selection podcast. Brave didn't get 10 out of 10. Good dinosaur got 10 out of 10. Is that what it was? I don't even remember anymore. Ty, I have so many numbers and movies and shows and people are running around in my head. Go listen to our other podcast where we rank the greatest Pixar movies of all time. But for now, let's rank the best survivors, not of all time, but of this two hours, because it's time for our power rankings. Power rankings. I don't know what that was. I just felt like doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Ty, there are... Well... 18 people still in the game. Everyone's still in. So <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> time for you to rank them. Who, who is your number three player after week five? 
Uh, number three is Reem, because just the way she's working that tribe and the way she's... Be careful, I'm, kidding. I'm gonna There's, actually write that down. No, do not write Reem down. <laughs> <laughs> number three is Kelly, and... Wentworth? I said, yeah, Kelly Wentworth. Not a different Kelly? I don't like her attitude, and I don't really like the way she's playing, but... She can literally get rid of War Dog probably whenever she wants, especially with the teaser of next episode being the merge. She's got Lauren. She's got an idol. I think she's in a good spot. Uh, She's not a personal favorite of mine, but I think she's in a solid position moving forward. My number three for this week is Victoria. I feel like she pulled off a move that in any other season would have been huge. And like you said, maybe it still could be, but I don't know if she's going to get enough credit for it and how well she played it. Like Fishback talked in his column about how the best way to blindside someone on survivor is to involve them in a fake plot to blindside someone else. That way they're so busy twirling their mustaches with their own devious moves that they never see your moves coming. And it worked out great. Like she got Aubrey hooked into this all girls plan and then just wiped her out. And on that tribe, I think I feel the best about her because Eric and Gavin seem very tight, but she also seems like she can shift around a little bit as things start to convalesce. My number two is Joe. Just for Joe being Joe. We got to learn who Joe was as a person, that he has feelings and emotions, and he's a provider, and he kind of has that old school style. Also, he's going to win every single challenge until the world ends. So for that, Joe, number two, constantly carrying comma to victory. My number two is Lauren, I think. I wound up basically picking one person from each tribe this week, but minus the Extinction tribe, I did not pick anyone from there. I I think Lauren, despite being very weak physically, has still pretty much led her squad through the challenges and has an idol, has a close relationship with Kelly. I feel like... I'm I'm kind of going back to what I heard from her in the preseason too, which is like, I trust her more than anyone else in that group to be able to fit in once the merge happens and just kind of make things happen. And I haven't really seen anything from her so far that makes me worried. I know she took a few votes this week and didn't play the idol last week when it felt like maybe she should, but she's been safe both times. So I I feel like she has more of a finger on the pulse than she's even getting credit for at this point. Yeah. I mean, she had a, she had a good episode, but she did not crack my top three and my number one this week was your number three, Victoria. I thought she was completely behind orchestrating the Aubrey blind side. And then she got a couple of kind of confessionals before the second tribal where she was talking about, you know, I'm going to be four strong. And then she was like, no, actually, I'm not going to. We're going to get Wendy out because no way in heck am I drawing rocks for her. Like, that doesn't even make sense. So I think she actually has a lot more strategy than we've gotten to see at least the first four weeks. But in week five, she had like a really, really strong showing. And I'm interested to see what happens when people get back together and they're all playing kind of individual games. I'm excited because I think she wants to make moves and she wants to do that well. I I just really liked the way she handled herself this episode. Yeah, and I won't go too long about my number one because you've already talked about him and that's Joe. <laughs> and I think I talked about this last week, but the season is just set up for him. He's going to win everything. He'll be at the end, whatever that means. He'll be there. 
And I don't know if that means he's the best chance of winning, but he's definitely the most powerful. So number one again. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him. I, I did like that we got to see kind of Gavin as somewhat of a physical threat this week. He did yeah, he well in throw. challenges and I he could throw at least. And um you know, when it comes down to individual, if if Joe slips up, I feel like Gavin could could step up and maybe challenge Joe for an individual immunity or two. So, um, you know, that's just something I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm starting to question whether Survivor's actually good at naming these episodes, by the way. I mean, the first week, it was called It Smells Like Success. <laughs> the second week, it was called One of Us is Going to Win the War. And I recall we had a debate that week whether there was even a war. Or perhaps it was week three, the betrayals are going to get exposed that we debated that title and week four i need a dance partner this week's episode it's like the worst cocktail party ever where like in the meantime i felt like there were so many other great lines in this episode some that you could use as a title some that maybe not but like david saying i think we're running out of adjectives to describe these defeats (laughs) maybe you just call the episode running out of adjectives uh Jeff, this couldn't be a title, but I loved when he was like, David, I didn't even ask you a question. It's like, you already know the story that's unfolding. I'm like, story that's unfolding? Jeff, they've lost every time. What do you, what do you want him to say? <laughs> like, he's not a genius. We talked about the love and sunshine sprinkles thing. That was funny. Um, David also had a good line. This tribe is so on the edge of extinction that scientists already stopped looking for us. That was a good one. I think my favorite David line this week uh he was talking about joe and he was just kind of like staring off he's like what must it be like to be like him (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh someone saying he's just jealous that i've basically had a two-week vacation oh yeah that was kelly when kelly was ranting about everybody on her tribe she's like basically the commas just had two-week vacation because joe, joe just wins everything for him and like does everything and blah, blah blah and my tribe sucks but i don't really do anything that's what it was yeah that's what I, she said verbatim yeah that's what she said <laughs> and i yeah it, it i wish we could take a two-week vacation but alas ty it's not to be we'll be back next week to talk more and more survivor the merge. I'm I'm actually really excited to see what is going to happen and how extinction's going to play out. Yeah, I think I think the best person to answer that question is probably Jeff Probst and he was asked earlier, what can you tell us about what oh, to expect I can't, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm on the edge of my seat, I... Next week and Jeff responded, "Yes. They are back." And it's epic. (laughs) Such insight. (laughs) That's literally it. Such insight. Nobody better. Nobody better. We if 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 Jeff had a podcast, I don't know how anyone would ever listen to ours because he's just dishing so much good stuff. Little nuggets of wisdom. Ty, tell the people where to find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Tyler B. Commons. You can find me um, geographically located in Alabama. Um, (laughs) Hopefully in Fiji sooner or later, but we'll find out. And uh, you can follow what we have on the island pod. Is that our Twitter? There it is. Our uh, Instagram is on the island podcast, I believe. Yeah, just search it. You'll find it. Just find it. You can uh, always look for us on uh, Apple and leave us a rating and a review. Do it. Because we love those. And you know what? You might just hear your review read out loud. Yeah, and you can find us on Spotify because a lot of people have Spotify too. But for now, that's all we got. Survivor Week 5, double episode, lots of action. Hope that we helped guide you through it and prepared you for everything that's ahead. Just remember, sometimes you have to have a little faith that maybe a little bitty thing can go right. Take care. Have a good night. That's it for me. Bye.
but I hear it here on the island You gotta talk about the show if you wanna live here on the island Are you gonna survive when you're gonna be a living a life on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island I'm not good at making these things up as well <laughs> That is right